and then we say the wrong thing in the heat of the moment, wishing we could take it back, but we can't because it's too late. Don't go anywhere, explainers. Today, we're talking about how to respond and not react. This is very challenging to do, but the strategies we're going to give you today will help you get better at responding instead of reacting. The problem with reacting is that it segues into violent, more hostile communication, which opens the door to a bigger conflict. So unless you're trying to unleash the reign of terror and go Joffrey Baratheon on people, I would advise you to stay away from impulsively reacting to something and instead trying your best to respond by thinking. Here are the three strategies. Think PTR. P for pause. Before you get all frustrated and lash out at the person, take a pause. This breather will allow you to calm yourself. And a lot of people recommend counting to 10. Counting to five is even enough. Just allowing there to be some silence between what was just said and then what you're about to say. So when we blurt out something, we're not leaving any time for a pause right? We just throw it out of ourselves and it jolts the person and it can lead to something bigger than it needed to be, right? So pausing is key. Stoics are the kings and queens of this. They've conquered their emotions. They don't let anything show on their faces during that pause. They take time to think with an expressionless face, right? So you can imagine channeling a statue. Choose your favorite statue, I love just walking into the Metropolitan Museum of Art and in the American wing, you can find so many beautiful sculptures. Same at the Musée d'Orsay and I'm sure other great museums around the world. Choose your favorite statue and channel them for this part of pause with that expressionless look on your face, just like a stoic would do. Try this out in the mirror first. Think of something where somebody pushed your buttons and it made you upset, but instead of reacting, I want you to pause and put that expressionless look on your face. Let's look at a couple of examples. Say somebody said to Joe, Joe, this is really sloppy work. I cannot believe you allowed your team to send this out as a deliverable. What were you thinking? Why didn't you cross check your team's work? What does Joe do? He pauses and puts an expressionless, stoic look on his face. Let's look at what happens to Matilda. Somebody tells Matilda, This is unacceptable, Matilda. We have an angry group of VC investors waiting in the conference room. You didn't prepare your deck. I can't believe this negligence. You're about to walk into the maw of a beast right now, foaming at the mouth. That's quite expressive, isn't it? So Matilda just gives a pause and doesn't put any emotion on her face. Ice cold stare. Try to think of that as well. So if the statue metaphor doesn't really resonate with you, then think of having an icy look on your face. Think of an ice queen or an ice king. Just try it out, but you're going to have to practice in the mirror first. I think you know where we're going with this. So to sum up strategy one, instead of reacting right away, the first part of PTR in order to formulate a calm, logical, thoughtful response is to pause because it gives you thinking time and it allows it to sink in. Don't even do anything with your face because nonverbal communication is also communicating something, right? So if you had an angry look on your face during the pause or a smile on your face, that's communicating something. So you don't want to communicate anything at that point in time. You want to have a pause with the 
expressionless look. T, the next part is to think. Now, I want you to pull out your thinking caps, place it on your head. A lot of times we get angry and we say something that we regret later because we're not thinking. That's right. It sounds crazy that we wouldn't even take the time to think about what we say, but a lot of times people don't think when they blurt out something. They don't think about what the ramifications would be of saying that thing that they later regret. So you need to think. Think about what the person is telling you. What are they saying? What are they doing with their expressions on their face? What else can you notice about their delivery? Take it all in and think about what they're saying and how they're saying it. But then it also gives you time, thinking time, to figure out which direction you want to take this in. And of course, we're aiming to go the nonviolent route, the non-hostile route. That is the whole point. Because if you were to give a response that heightens the conflict or amplifies the frustration, then that defeats the purpose of PTR. We're trying to lower the intensity. Let's go back to the examples of Joe and Matilda. So the person who is interfacing with Joe and is quite angry presumes that Joe's team is putting out sloppy work. And he's angry that Joe didn't seem to look over his team's work before they handed in those important deliverables. So that is what, because Joe took a minute to think, not a minute per se, but he took time to think. After pausing, we think he was able to come to that conclusion that this person is assuming that he's not checking the work and that they're putting out sloppy work, Joe and his team. In addition to that, in addition to coming to the understanding that this person is angry for XYZ reasons, Joe is also thinking up a response, a direction he wants to take. So Joe's thinking this person is maybe trying to look for a fight. Maybe they are upset about something that Joe's team did or didn't do. He's trying to make him believe that the team is not putting out adequate work. He's trying to make Joe feel less than and degrade his team and their work. So Joe thinks it's not the end of the world. He's keeping his emotions in check. He's keeping perspective. This is not any cause for alarm. And also he's thinking, I will make sure that I'm checking my team's work better and more carefully. The person who's angry at Matilda has the assumption that Matilda is not ready to present the product to a group of VC investors who are waiting for her in the boardroom because she doesn't have a deck. It does not appear that she has a deck. So Matilda's thinking that this person is frustrated, maybe even nervous because it's a high stakes presentation and is taking out that frustration on Matilda. And he assumes that she's not ready for the presentation because she doesn't have a deck, but perhaps she has some other type of demo or visual aid that will help assist the flow of the presentation that she's about to give. And Matilda's also thinking that even though I don't have a deck, I know this product like the back of my hand. I was there from its genesis and I am so ready to present this product to the team of VC investors and I can ace this presentation. So that is what Matilda is thinking. So as you see, the time that we're taking here for the thinking 
is to think about really what they're saying, to unpack it a little bit, maybe decode their phrase, their sentence, their paragraph, and then also think about what direction you want to go in. So in Joe's case, he was calming himself down. In Matilda's case, she was saying that it was a lack of understanding on his part, but I am good to go. This is very important to help you formulate your logical, thoughtful response. So we have P, we have T, and now we have R. R is for repeat. You want to repeat what they said back to you. You can also paraphrase it. So this is up to you, but repeating and paraphrasing are going to achieve the same thing. So by doing this, you are allowing that person to hear what you heard and have them basically look at what they're saying to you from your perspective. And this does a great job of making sure that you're both on the same page, that you both understood the message because maybe it was a slip of the tongue. Maybe they were just lashing out. And when they hear it back from you, what they said, they're like, oh, actually, I did not mean that. I, that was, I said that in haste. I said that out of frustration. I said that because I was so nervous about the VC investors, right? So it gives them time. You're basically giving them a second chance to either keep going with that remark or to take it back. So in addition to checking that you didn't miss anything, this also buys you some more thinking time. That's right. Thinking time is really key here because you really don't want to react. You don't want to shout out an impulsive sentence. Instead, you want to really think about what you're going to say. So you're, you're still not responding yet. You're giving them a taste of their own medicine. You're allowing them to hear what you heard. Let's have a look at the examples with Joe and Matilda. So Joe is repeating back the adjective that was used to describe his work. What I'm hearing you say is that the work our team put out was sloppy, right? So he's repeating the adjective that we've used. And then after this, because he has his thinking time, Joe will segue into a thoughtful response about setting up a goal-setting meeting with his team to make sure that everyone's on the same page about deliverables and putting out quality work on time. In addition to that, he also will segue into the response of having him sit down with this person, this angry interlocutor, and go through what the sloppy parts of the deliverables were. So he can actually see what is defined as sloppy. So that's so much better than just impulsively reacting and saying something that Joe would regret later, for which there could very well be serious ramifications. Matilda decided to paraphrase. What I'm understanding from your remark is that in the absence of a deck, I appear to be unprepared for the presentation, right? So she is basically reformulating what the problem seems to be in her own words. So as you can see, Joe repeated the adjective and Matilda decided to paraphrase. So both of these work in the same way by repeating back or giving back what the message was that you received from them and also giving you thinking time because you need more thinking time. And then what she does is she's able to segue into a confident response, into a thoughtful response about how she's so ready for this presentation. She's been ready this whole entire time because she was there from the get-go and she even brought a prototype of the product. The investors will be able to see it basically in real life. So to recap strategy three, the R stands for repeat, but it's also 
paraphrasing and it allows you more thinking time. It also allows you to give back the message to the person to make sure that they really meant to say that. It can also help you diffuse the situation. You're calmly able to buy some more thinking time and allow them to hear what you understood from their message, giving them time to maybe even take it back and have them say, oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. What was I thinking? And ultimately, it is a great way to segue into a thoughtful response that you've been able to put together using logic and allowing the emotions to get out of it. And you're avoiding a defensive reaction that you would have impulsively blurted out. I will add that the two examples we looked at today with Joe and Matilda, it seemed that the speaker was trying to incite something in them, maybe get them all riled up. It looked like it was almost out of malice or out of jealousy. The intention was not pure. But in other cases, it can be an innocuous remark or comment from the speaker that you've just blown out of proportion and have just taken offense to. So there's different things that can act as triggers, right? In the case of Joe and Matilda, we see that the speaker is a bit hostile, right? So they're inciting something, they're instigating something. But in other cases, it can just be a plain innocuous comment or remark that you've blown out of proportion and lost control over or simply misinterpreted, right? So that also happens, in which case PTR will also benefit you because it's about having you mitigate your reaction to what was said regardless of the intention of the speaker. So I hope that makes sense because PTR can help you with both kinds of speakers. The bottom line is that it helps you to respond instead of react. Let's quickly recap before we go. The problem that we're trying to solve is to prevent a conflict from transpiring based on something that was said that we would typically react to but we're keeping ourselves in check. And the way that we're doing that is through the PTR framework, which allows you to pause, think, and repeat or paraphrase so that you can segue into a thoughtful, logical, appropriate response. Practice PTR, add it to your exploring toolkit so that you can pull it out when you need to and make it your own so that you're ready to face any communication challenge personally or professionally that comes your way. Remember, nonviolent communication, non-hostile communication is the best way to diffuse a heated situation and to calm you and your interlocutors down. All right, Explorers, that's a wrap on this video. I hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you found this lesson valuable, please give it a like. It means so much to us. And also take a screenshot with your phone tag us so that we can add it to our stories. Be sure to click subscribe if you haven't done so already so that you can get all of our communication lessons helping you to communicate with confidence, authenticity, and poise. I'll see you in my next video. Happy exploring!